Dags för avsnitt nummer 42 av Champagnepodden Och jag måste börja med att be om ursäkt för att det har varit väldigt glest mellan avsnitten senaste tiden Och jag har egentligen ingenting att skylla men jag lovar att nästa avsnitt efter det här kommer komma väldigt, väldigt tätt in på För det är nämligen redan inspelat Och det här är då avsnitt nummer 42 där vi kommer få lyssna på Christian Holthausen som är då export- och kommunikationsmanager på Arl Nobel. Och det kanske är många av er som inte vet vilka Arl Nobel är. Och det tycker jag är lite synd. För att det är verkligen en superduktig producent. 100% familjeägda. Och de befinner sig i Shui. Christian kommer att berätta väldigt, väldigt detaljerat och utförande om dels Arle Nobel men också det nya spännande projektet med MAG14 som de kallar det. Det här avsnittet är då självklart osponsrat. Det är osponsrat för att jag vill hålla mig objektiv. Men är det någon som inte är champagneimportör som är intresserad av att sponsra podden så får ni gärna höra av er till martin.champansweden.se jag tänkte även passa på att säga att ni som lyssnar och kanske följer mig eller oss som vi säger nu, mig och Jessica på sociala medier har sett att Jessica börjar vara med mer och mer. Och det är så att Jessica, hon är fantastiskt duktig på champagne och hon slår i mig säkerligen ja, 6 av 10 blindproningar i alla fall. Och hon gör väldigt mycket jobb på champagnesviden så att i fortsättningen så kommer vi få se lite granna recensioner från Jessica och säkerligen kommer det vara nyhetsbrev och vem vet, någon gång kanske hon spelar in den här podden helt själv också. Men jag tycker att vi gör så att vi drar igång, förflyttar oss till kontoret för Valid Wines på Regeringsgatan och pratar med Christian Holthausen. I just moved to Regeringsgatan and I'm gonna meet the Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Christian Holthausen, uh, the export manager and communications director of Arle Nobel. And to the Swedish listener, I would say that Arle Nobel is a very, very good uh, blonde blonde, but not very well known. And uh, we're going to change that. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Martin. It's uh, nice to be here. Uh, how are you? Very good and uh, happy to be back in uh, Sweden. Um, over the last uh, four years, uh, Sweden is our fastest growing uh, European market uh, for Lenoble and uh, we're very happy uh, to come back. I'm coming back to Sweden now uh, five to six times a year. Yeah, great. So it's great. Do you like Sweden? <laughs> I love Sweden. Yeah. 
And ah. you were in Uppsala last night? Yes, we had an event last night in uh, Uppsala uh, for trade and for uh, consumers. And then we had more tastings today in Stockholm. It's going quite well. Yeah, you're looking fresh, but uh, I heard it was a quite a rough night. Yeah, no, it's always a great night when you're drinking champagne. It's okay. And the food was uh, fantastic, so it's yeah. quite cool. It's never a hangover when you have only champagne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what we keep saying. But, <laughs> and, uh, but before we start everything, uh, can you please uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, hmm? uh, your background? And and also, uh, we would love to hear about uh, Arl Nobel. So, uh, I'm Christian Holthausen. I'm uh, half French, half uh, American, and uh, have been working at Le Noble now for a little more than four years. Prior to that, for 12 years, I was the communications director for Charles Heidsick. And prior to that, I started my career in Champagne almost 20 years ago at Vauflico. So I've been working in uh, Champagne for a while. Le Noble is uh, one of the last truly family-owned, truly independent producers in Champagne. Um, it's quite easy to be family-owned. It's difficult to remain independent. We're very happy to say that we don't have any outside shareholders, investors of any kind. We're completely independent. Yeah. Le Noble, we're making wines primarily from our own 18 hectares of vineyards, uh, 10 of which are located in the Grand Cru village of Chouilly uh, on the famous Côte Blanc. And uh, all of our vineyards have been certified sustainably out uh, Valère Environnementale since uh, 2012. And you have to explain what it is. Yeah, so Haute Valère Environnementale is a, a French sustainable certification. What that means concretely is that uh, we are employing organic viticulture with one uh, exception. The mildew situation in Champagne is, is, is quite a concern. You can use copper sulfite to treat against mildew, but we're not really fans of using uh, copper in the soil long term. For us, we prefer to treat against mildew when we need to do so. Yeah. Um, so you and have then, to use uh, a big, big crop. Exactly, because yeah. when you're making uh, wine from your own uh, vineyards, uh, that's important. But in years, we don't have to treat, we don't treat it at all. Everything else. Do you also sell uh, uh, grapes to other uh, houses? No, we don't. We no. use everything that we produce. We have 18 hectares, and so we use that fruit ourselves. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, so it's great. Um, but other than that, we're not using herbicides at all. We're not using pesticides at all. Uh, we're restricting uh, the yields. Uh, this year, uh, we did a green harvest. We're, we're really trying to have the best, healthiest grapes possible because the, the, the best wine obviously starts with the best grapes. Of course, we should drink some champagne in the podcast. And normally, I bring champagne to the <laughs> podcast. But now, we're lucky to have uh, a lot of bottles of uh, Arlen Novel. So, what do we start with? So the first wine that we're going to have is our A.R. Lenoble Intense Mag 14. Um, now, you know, in Champagne, we judge each other based on the quality of our Brut non-vintages. We'll taste our vintage 2008 a little later on, which, of course, is fantastic. But in Champagne, um, we judge each other on the quality of this uh, wine. The non-vintage for any Champagne house is the most difficult wine to make. And the most important ones, of course. Absolutely. You get the judge the first time by the non-vintage. Completely. And if they don't like it, then they're not going to exactly. buy any uh, other cuvee. Exactly. This this is uh, an interesting one because it's it's uh, it's 
not really uh, a revolution of our brut on vintage, but it's it's an evolution. Uh, the brut intense has been the house non vintage uh, champagne of Lenoble uh, for uh, twenty five years, um, but this is uh, Air Lenoble intense Mag fourteen. What that means is and that... And MAG-14 is a new project. Well, it's a project that we started in 2010. Um, where most of our vineyards are located is in Chuy, on the northern part of the Côte Blanc, where the Chardonnay has a tendency to express itself with less minerality than further down the coast. So we were trying to find ways to make uh, our base wines fresher. Uh, we've always, for the last uh, almost 20 years, kept our reserve wines in a perpetual reserve. Um, some people say Solera. I, I don't really like that uh, Thank term. Can you explain the Solera, mm. uh, yeah. the petrol uh, reserve? So basically, we are adding uh, wines year after year after year to uh, this to, to create a, a blend of uh, reserve wines. So 2002 was added to 2001. Then the following year, we added uh, how 2003. How much do you uh, pull out each year? From the Solera? It depends on the year. Um, yeah. We're keeping the uh, Solera in uh, historically uh, three different ways. We started doing it only in stainless steel. Then we started aging it in uh, wooden vats, barrels, uh, small barrels, 250 liters. Yeah. And then we started aging it in uh, large uh, wooden vats, uh, 5,000 uh, liters. Mm, exactly. Yeah. In 2010, we made the decision to start aging a portion of our reserve wines in magnums under natural cork. Um, so we took part of the Solera and started aging it in uh, magnums under natural cork. The reason for that is we were looking for freshness um, from Chouilly. By aging them in magnums under cork, they're under 1.5 bar of pressure, so it keeps them fresh. One thing we started to notice in Champagne is that the base wines, year after year after year, the acidity levels are going down and the pH is going up. Um, because clim- of the climate change. Climate change is yeah. real. Should um, we do a toast? Sure. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Happy to have you in Sweden. Thank you, Mark. And uh, I would love to come, come and visit you. Definitely. The six uh, earliest harvests that we have had in the history of Champagne have been in the 21st century. 2018 was no discrepancy. Um, We started the harvest on August 24th and we finished it on September 4th. Just to contextualize that, in Bordeaux they started the harvest the first week of October. So it's not a global warming issue, it's a climate change issue. We now need to keep reserve wines in many different ways because it's not just a question of the percentage we use, it's a question of how we age them, how we keep them. What we're finding is we now need reserve wines with more freshness than our base wines, um, which which represents a real revolution in Champagne, for sure. So this is a way to be a little bit uh, in advance Mm. uh, to the climate changes that will uh, be in the future. Uh, You're doing the the things right now Mm. to uh, able to keep the freshness. Exactly, Um, because I think the challenge for champagne moving forward is going to be freshness. Historically, we used to really worry about having enough uh, sugar. Uh, We used to really worry about that. 
global warming in the scheme of things up until now, I think has very often had a very positive effect on champagne because the wines have been able to gain, uh, you know, maturity, to gain sugar much more uh, quickly and uh, sustainably. And volume. Um, volume as well. Uh, the other thing is uh, dosage in the Champagne region has gone uh, down lower and lower over mm. the last 20 years. And some producers will say it's because they're trying to express terroir. But the reality is uh, you don't need as much sugar in dosage mm. as you did uh, 20 years ago. So a but lot do of... You think, do you think we'll see the freshness that we saw like in, in, the, in the 1930s, 1950s uh, in the Champagnes? Do you think we'll see it in the future? I don't know if we will, um, because I can tell you that if we look at the last uh, 20 years at Lenoble, um, on average, uh, the wines uh, are dropping in acidity year after year and uh, have an elevated pH uh, year after year. Uh, 2017 was... Um, a challenging uh, year of uh, somewhat mediocre quality with it's low, terrible. with low. You yeah, say terrible. Year. I said me- mediocre quality. We, yeah, we it wasn't great. Just <laughs> from uh, third, uh, from seventeen. Uh, certainly not from Erlenoble. Um Again, we let our neighbors do what they do, but certainly not from us. But the acidity levels were still very low. 2018, uh, which we finished uh, just a few weeks ago, the sanitary condition of the grapes was fantastic. The yield was uh, incredibly large. I think it was the largest yield I've ever seen in champagne but the acidity levels are still lower so keeping a portion of our uh, reserve wines in magnums under one bar and a half of pressure enables us to keep the freshness yes there's some autolytic development that happens which is nice but it's really keeping them fresh but we're at a real revolutionary point in champagne when reserve wines from a solera that was started in 2001 can bring more freshness to base wines from the current year. I mean, that, that represents a huge change. Yeah. So you're really looking for the freshness. Mm. Yeah. The, the challenge moving forward is definitely going to be uh, freshness. You know, in Champagne, we always say, oh, we have reserve wines, we have reserve wines. But but how are you keeping those reserve wines? How are you storing them? Yeah. You know, is it, is it a lot of producers that work, by the way, um, already? Or, or In terms of producers that are aging, uh, you know, reserve wines in magnums, under natural cork. I think, uh, you know, one of the reference points um, for, for a long time has been Boulanger. Uh, so did but you take the inspiration from them? Not really, because, no, I mean... It's a tif- totally different style. It, it's a different yeah. style, and I mean, uh, what, I, we, we like Boulanger very much because um, they are also a family-owned, uh, you know, independent uh, producer. Boulanger is, is, is uh, you know, making fantastic wines, primarily uh, oriented to, towards uh, Pinot Noir and being in Ai. Um, we're in Damery, but most of our vineyards are in uh, Chouilly, so we're really uh, working much more with, uh, with Chardonnay. Um, so I think that uh, it was interesting to uh, see that we weren't the first person to, to, to do this. But at the same time, um, I think each producer needs to be given the creative freedom to do what they uh, feel they need to do. Lots of people say, what's the future going to be for Champagne? And I can't say with much certainty because each year is now different. I mean, the hail we get, the frost we get, every year is just uh, becoming more and more unpredictable. I think more and more producers need to 
take chances, are what we uh, now use Terenceau and Francois Frère from Burgundy. But historically, we've experimented with American wood. We've experimented with Hungarian wood. Um, we've experimented with, um, you know, batonnage. We've experimented with uh, different uh, forms of vinification vessels. Every year, you should not be trying to make the same wine. You should be trying to make better wine. I have a hard time when people talk about how style of champagne uh, we're trying to make the same wine every year. No, you should try and make better wine every year. Yeah. Um, so, so experiment. Uh, is it uh, also with the Brut Intense you're trying to make, make it better every year? Every year. Yeah. Every year. Uh, this uh, Brut Intense, mm. uh, compared to uh, the others I tried mm. before, the Maggie 14, the, uh, to me, this one is more powerful. Mm. The aftertaste is much longer. Mm. And it's a little bit uh, spicy. Mm. Uh, I, I find it uh, drier. Mm. And... Uh, you can you can pair this with the food. Yeah, yeah. which for a you know a, a non vintage champagne or what um you know some people often you know refer to as sort of you know your 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 entry level your beginning champagne. Um, like I think it has a tremendous amount of complexity. I mean, we're quite uh, you know Anne and Antoine and myself we're quite modest uh, by nature, but I, I genuinely think it's the the best uh, intense we've ever uh, produced. Yeah. Um, and I have to say. Mm, your champagnes are very technical mm. and uh, all the work that you put into it, mm. it sounds very expensive mm. but your champagnes are too low priced in sweden <laughs> uh, it's a it's a bargain well for us we're, we're certainly a bit on the proletariat uh, socialist how side so, so how can you sell it so for such a low price i mean this wine uh, the intense mag 14 you know sells for uh, 309 uh, krona and I think w the reason that we do this is because um, we think champagne pricing needs to be fair. A lot of champagne pricing, I think, is overpriced. Um, we're a very small team. We're 11 people at Air Le Noble. That includes the seller team and the vineyard team. We're only 11 people. We wear many hats. We work very hard. Uh, we do lots of different things. But we want to keep the pricing fair. Uh, champagne cannot... Uh, expect that people are going to drink champagne not just on special occasions if the pricing is so uh, high. It's a tremendous amount of human uh, investment and financial investment to keep uh, reserve wines uh, this long. Uh, it ties up a lot of capital, yeah. but we still are very committed to uh, keeping the pricing reasonable. Champagne, uh, if you keep the pricing so high, people aren't going to drink champagne on a regular basis. I've, I've said this to you before. Champagne is located halfway between Alsace and Burgundy, two regions where you go to talk about wine. M many consumers come to champagne and talk about bubbles and celebrities and film festivals. If we want people to treat us more seriously as a wine-producing region, uh, we have to work to be transparent. We have to work to be uh, accessible, even if it means that we're in investing a, a large amount of money. So you're making champagne for everyone? I think champagne should be for everyone. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. I mean, yeah, you drink a lot of champagne, I drink a lot of champagne, yeah. and uh, I, I think uh, most people think of champagne as being very uh, exclusive, and I think part of that is because champagne has historically been too expensive. Yeah, but I, I'm trying to reach it out to people. Champagne should be fun, mm. it should be for everyone, mm. and it should not be so complicated. Yeah. You can open a bottle whenever you like, mm. and uh, if you think it's too pricey, then uh, drink a little bit less. Yeah, but drink with quality. Yeah, and this is a R and Noble is a great quality for for the pricing. Thank you, and I and it's I and very, I think very nice. and I feel as a as a that um, 
that it's okay to say that you have great champagne at a great price. Um, for example, uh, in, in Sweden, in uh, London, in uh, Japan, in the United States, when you ask most people what food pairing would you associate with uh, champagne, um, people always say, oh, it has to be caviar and foie gras and lobster and all of these like very wealthy references and we think that's really silly uh when you come to visit us at lenoble we'll cook dinner for you and we will serve this wine with roast uh, chicken like a, yeah. a roast chicken that costs uh, 10 euros because um you can have great uh, champagne with great uh you know farm raised chicken but it doesn't have to be yeah. this big expensive thing make it do, more accessible do you know the chef uh, uh, johan jureskog mm-hmm. you know him no But uh, he's a famous chef in Sweden, mm. and he he owns a nice meat restaurant, mm. some other restaurants. But he opened the burger places, mm-hmm. and I'm doing events there. Ah. And we're doing burgers and boulanger. Mm-hmm. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, but people ask him, him why burgers and, and boulanger doesn't match, and he said, well. Burgers is uh, the best thing in the world, and champagne is the best best thing in the world. Yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why shouldn't it match? So it's a perfect combination. I think it's fantastic that you're doing that because it, it it shows people that you can have wonderful ingredients, but they don't necessarily have to be expensive to be uh, mm-hmm. wonderful. We know champagne is uh, has been uh, the king of wines and the wine of kings since the fifth century when Francis first King Clovis, uh, you know, was crowned in in champagne. Um, but I think that more and more. What people uh, need to understand about champagne is 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 that we're we're farmers or we're winemakers. We're we're trying to make uh, great wines, but um, we need to make sure that they remain accessible. Yeah, and everybody that thinks uh, that champagne is uh, exclusive, they should go down to uh, the region mm. and experience uh, the growers, the farmers. Yeah, 
yeah, it's a normal people. We, we're very normal and we don't believe in, uh, you know, discounting and uh, things like that. I mean, people need to realize that, uh, you know, this wine, you know, 60% of it is from uh, 2014, but your 40% reserve wines going all the way back to 2002. I mean, that, that's an extraordinary amount of uh effort and time and uh, expenditure that goes into it. We're farming, uh, you know, our vineyards uh, sustainably. I mean, it's, it's a huge amount of investment. So I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that champagne needs to be, you know, too low priced. I think people need to realize how much work goes into making yeah. this one, but within limits. Huh? Yeah, it's a bargain mm. uh, when you think about how much uh, work mm. you, you put into it. Yeah. So should we try another one? Yeah, definitely. The, the next one uh, that we're releasing uh, just now is the Grand Cru Blanc de Blanc Chouilly. Uh, so this is Grand Cru Blanc de Blanc Chouilly Mag 14. So I know you've had... Tree. Exactly. So the last time we had this wine together, it was based uh, 2013, but this is the first one that is Mag 14. So this is uh, 100% Chardonnay from Chouilly. Quite similar in terms of production. Uh, very, very nice on the nose. It's nice, huh? Yeah. 40% uh, reserve wines. Uh, this Solera was started in 2001. This was the original Solera. And since 2010, part of this Solera was aging in uh, magnums under natural cork. Um, so Intense and Grand Cru Blanc Blanc uh, are both Mag 14, both coming out now. Next year, 2019, we'll release the Zero Dosage Mag 14. And both of these will move to Mag 15. In 2020, we'll release Rosé uh, Mag 14. Oh, really? And these at that point will be in Mag 16. So for our four Brut non-vintage uh, releases, starting with 2014 base, every single year we have put aside a portion of the new Solera into uh, Magnums under cork and then incorporated them in uh, to the blend year after year after year. So it really represents a, a, a huge um, vision for us moving forward. This is the way that we've decided to prepare. I think prepare. this one uh, represents uh, the village of Shui mm. very well. How so? Yeah, mm. yeah it's uh, the floral notes and mm. um, yeah, it's very open, fresh, very mm. nice. Thank you. But you, you seem to be working really, really hard. Mm. And how much do you travel each year? I travel a lot. I travel probably uh, four months of the year. I mean, now uh, in October and uh, November, we, 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 Anna and Antoine and I, the three of us travel a lot because the harvest has ended and um, vinification is taking place. You know, we've blocked... Uh, 100% of the mallow this year for the first... Uh, really? For, for the, this, we did last year as well. This is the second time. Mm -hmm. And now we start traveling because uh, for us, we don't really start to evaluate the still wines, the Van Clair, from the 2018 harvest until really January, February. So it's the perfect time now for us to travel. So... Um, and where do you live? So I live you between... Well, where do I live? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so I live between Paris and Champagne. And uh, today I'm in Sweden. I'm going to Hong Kong on... Uh, Friday, and then I'm going to Shanghai, and then New York, and then Charleston, South Carolina, okay. and then Oslo, and then home. Okay. Uh, and do you then have a family again. at home? Huh? Yes, I do have a family at home that is very loving and understanding. <laughs> great, great. And then uh, I saw, I read somewhere that you love uh, scuba diving. Mm -hmm. I do. Yeah. How much do you scuba dive? As often as possible. I think uh, scuba diving is uh, great, and uh, if I could find a way to do more public relations for sharks, I would, because I love sharks and I think they're great. And uh, I think um, people are scared of sharks, but they're actually like wonderful creatures. For me, well, I, How long time have you been scuba diving? Since 2008, uh, I was doing a trip to Australia 
um, when I was working with Charles Heidlich and uh, I was there and I said, well, I should learn to scuba dive. And so I learned to scuba dive then and I try and go maybe three, three or four times a year. Uh, what's your uh, favorite, favorite uh, spot? Uh, my favorite spot? I mean, I, I think uh, the for us living here in Europe, I, I think that the Red Sea is probably the easiest place to go to. Obviously, there's amazing spots in uh, the Caribbean and in uh, Southeast Asia, like incredible spots. And if you could... Uh choose to go wherever you like, mm. where would you go to scuba dive? I mean, if I think if I was like a, a magician and could, or, or a witch, and I could uh, make myself appear in a place immediately yeah. without having to exactly. travel, I think that I really like Thailand um, for diving. I think Thailand's uh, really quite Have uh, you been beautiful. to the Similion in, in Thailand? Yeah, Similion. Yeah. I, I actually spent my honeymoon in the Similion Islands. Oh, really? That's where we went. And we nice. did a liveaboard on a boat for two weeks and just dive. And liveaboard's great because... Live, a liveaboard, yeah. A liveaboard yeah, yeah. boat. And basically, you know, you do four dives a day and you eat, dive, sleep, eat, dive, sleep, eat, dive, sleep. You wake up at six in the morning by eight o'clock at night, you have a beer and you're Did ready you to go to bed. Did you bring any champagnes uh, for your honeymoon? No, I didn't actually. Uh, I could have, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't like to travel with uh, luggage that I have to check. Right. So um, I didn't, but 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 that's okay. You, you, you need to sometimes, uh, you know... Uh, enjoy a beer. I think beer is maybe more uh, suited for a, for a liveaboard than, yeah. than champagne. <laughs> yeah. Singa. Exactly. Yeah. Singa, Singa for breakfast. Sing sour is great. <laughs> in the evening. Uh, and uh, what's the, with scuba diving, uh, what's the thing that you like, that, like the, the thing that you fell in love with? I think for me, it's, it's the closest that you can possibly get to flying. I like this idea of uh, floating, but you, you really feel like you're flying. Um, I certainly, uh, you know, like the idea of biodiversity. I like the idea that there's this incredible um, world that uh, lives really thanks to all of these coral reefs. And um, we need to preserve uh, underwater biodiversity just like we need to preserve, uh, you know, biodiversity on land. So and if, I, if you could bring one career down uh, 18 meters under in the ocean which one would it be that'd be hard because i'd have to have it strapped into my mask like yeah. somehow I <laughs> I, i'm really in love with our uh with our rosé uh, at the minute um i think the rosé is quite cool and uh maybe it's like almost the color of nemo uh i, I mean all divers love nemo uh and uh yeah i think the rosé is, is is really nice um has a lot of chardonnay to it mostly all chardonnay and a bit of a pinot noir edges for five layers i think the rosé is quite good and uh, if you travel to Champagne, is it possible to visit our Lenoble? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Lenoble, uh, we are uh, located in Damery. Uh, Damery is uh, just next to Cumier, so it's about uh, six kilometers from Epernay. Uh, and uh, we're a small, uh, you know, team. But uh, if you make an appointment and we're not traveling, we'd be happy to welcome you to visit us. Um, we're not open, you know, all the time, but uh, we certainly love when people come to visit us. Especially what we like is we like when people come and taste wine with us because we're a small team. We know what we're doing, but it's always nice to have people come and taste wines with us and, and, and challenge us and ask us questions. Um, you can also spend time in the vineyards with us. Lots of people. We have a lot of uh, uh, students that come, you know, students that are studying winemaking or even Master of Wine students that want to come and work a harvest with us. And we're certainly open to that. Um, so you have to book in, in advance. But, uh, exactly. And uh, do you go through the agency in Sweden? or uh, No, you just go on, on our website, which is uh, champagne-arlenoble.com. And uh, you just reserve the visit uh, right there. Um, and it's quite easy to come and uh, and visit us. And we have a, a calendar that has all of the dates when we're not traveling so that you can actually book your holiday and 
know if uh, Anne, Antoine, and I are going to be there. And if we're there, we'd love to welcome you. Nice. Uh, Christmas and uh, <laughs> Easter, we, we prefer that you don't visit us. And, and obviously, you know, we, we try and go away for at least uh, two weeks in the summer before the harvest starts. But other than that, we're, we're around and, and we're happy to welcome uh, people. Yeah. As I said, uh, Sweden is our fastest growing uh, European market. And over the last couple of years, we're receiving more and more Swedish uh, visitors, which and is which great. Which one is your biggest uh, uh, European export market? So uh, in Europe, uh, our largest market is the UK still. Um, and even in the face of so much uncertainty taking place next year with the Brexit, for the last three years, we're still growing organically uh, in the UK year after year, which is quite positive. And then our fastest growing market in, in Europe is, is Sweden. Our second What largest... do you think so, mm? that uh, Sweden is your fastest growing market? I, I mean, people are always really surprised to, to learn that um, Sweden is actually the 10th largest market uh, for champagne in the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sweden last year as a community uh, drank, you know, close to 3 million bottles of champagne. I mean, you're a country of 10 million people. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to China at the end of the week. I mean, Sweden is drinking more champagne than China. Yeah, I, I mean, think we're it's amazing. almost importing twice as much as China. Mm. Oh, we did a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's but Sweden is still drinking a lot. And I think what the Swedish uh, consumer seems to be more and more interested in is smaller producers. I love coming to Sweden and having uh, conversations with people about farming. Uh, people are really interested in how animals are treated and how grapes are grown. What are we putting in our body? Uh, health. Um, and these things are really uh, important. Our, our first market in the uh, world after the UK is Japan. And I think in Japan, it's very similar. People are interested in, um, you know, uh, sustainability and uh, chemicals and what we're doing, what we're eating, health, human rights. Um, I think these are issues that really resonate with uh, Japanese and, and Swedish yeah. consumers. Japan is a fantastic market. Mm. If you're in Stockholm and you want to drink Arle Nobel, mm. uh, which restaurant should you go to? Uh, one of my favorite places to drink uh, Arle Nobel in uh, Stockholm is uh, Prinsen. Um, Prinsen, yeah. I think, is great. And uh, they have been serving uh, Le Nobel now for quite a few years. By the glass? Or? Yeah, they serve yeah. by the glass. We're, we're, the house, we're the house champagne of Prinsen. And uh, they have uh, all of our wines and they serve our intense Mag 14 uh, by the glass. Um, so when I, I'm in Stockholm a bit and I usually go to Prinsen and uh, have some Calix Luyrum and uh, a glass of uh, Air Le Noble Intense Mag 14 and it's, it's great. Huh? It has a great match. Yeah, yeah it's good. Huh? I had some today. Any it's other good. restaurant that you like in Stockholm? Uh, um, it doesn't have to have Air Le Noble. I mean, another place that I like uh, very much because it was the first restaurant I ever uh, ate at in uh, Stockholm many years ago is uh, Störhoff. I think yeah. Störhoff is, uh, is great. So um, it's a Polo Scher place. Yeah, it's a Paul Roger place, but I, again, Paul Roger, another great producer, you know, a fantastic family-owned producer. Um, uh, the, the herring at Strohoff, I think, is fantastic. And, uh, of course, uh, Calix Lorum. Anyone that knows me knows that I have a real problem with Calix Lorum. I have an addiction. <laughs> uh, I eat too much. Yeah. Uh, if you want old vintages when you come to visit me at champagne la Noble, if you bring Lorum, there's a chance that I'll open oh, anything wait, you uh, want. <laughs> I will. When I worked, I worked with the Tatanger about two years ago, mm. and the Clovis Tatanger, he loved the Leirom, so mm. I always brought in some some Leirom. Oh my God, you, you come anytime you yeah, want. Yeah, <laughs> I have to. I really have to. I hope you drink champagne almost every day. 
I try to. Yeah. Um, I definitely try to. I mean, for us, uh, we have champagne, uh, you know, uh, downstairs. Uh, so uh, when we're drinking wine at home, uh, we're usually drinking wine um, from uh, champagne. That said, I'm I'm very open to drinking uh, wines uh, from other parts of the world. I, I think that moving forward, um, the future is really about uh, great producers around the world. It used to be this... Uh, this polarity, this uh, dichotomy of champagne versus other sparkling wines. I think there's wonderful producers in Tasmania, uh, Franciacorta. Mm -hmm. um, there's great Prosecco, Cava, English sparkling wine, great California sparkling wine. Um, don't, don't call it champagne because it's not champagne, but, but talk about what you're doing in England. Talk about what you're doing in Franciacorta. Talk about what you're doing in Tasmania. I think um, there's wonderful, wonderful sparkling wine coming out of uh, so many places now, and um, we should celebrate that. The consumer today can drink champagne on Monday and Franciacorta on Tuesday and Prosecco on Wednesday and champagne again on Thursday and I think that's wonderful. I think uh, champagne is a wine that can travel but uh, Franciacorta and, and Prosecco can be drank in, in Italy. Cava in Spain but uh, champagne you can drink everywhere in the world. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so I, what's, what are we trying now? So this is our vintage uh, 2008. So this is Grand Cru Blanc de Blanc Chuy, uh, vintage 2008. Um, so at Erla we for us, the, the most important thing is the, the perpetual reserve uh, slash uh, solar. Um, so the reason that we're able to have so much reserve wine is because we don't make vintages very often. This is 2002 as a successor, the 2008. The next release will be 2012, which we should release maybe in two years. And this one is uh, in sustainable luggage right now? Yes, it's yeah. in the ordering assortment. Um, and uh, when I'm thinking 2002 is a vintage with a lot of acidity, mm. also 2008 and mm. also uh, 12. Mm. Are you only releasing uh, vintages with a lot of acidity? Uh, interestingly, for, for us, we, we think that acidity is the uh, obviously the, the, the backbone of longevity um, for vintages. We feel very strongly that, uh, you know, holding on to, I mean, 2004 was great. Um, but 2004, we used all of that wine uh, in the perpetual reserve. We didn't release a vintage. But we also think a vintage needs to have longevity. Most people, if you buy vintage champagne, you're buying it for a wedding. You're buying it because your child was born. You're, 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 you're buying it because you want it to last. You meet so many people that buy a bottle of champagne because it, the vintage is the year they were married, and then they open it on their 20th wedding anniversary. If it doesn't have really high acidity, there's not as much of a, of a probability that it's going to be uh, great. Yeah. I think um, this one, uh, the, the eight, is quite close at mm, the moment. Totally. It should be. In 2008. It's for the future. Yeah, 2008. It's 10 be years old. Nice in two years, but yeah. it, it would be, to me, it's mm. my uh, taste. I think 2008, I mean, it's. it's it's lovely you're in the glass right now, but it, it still um, has great freshness on it for a wine that's yeah. 10 years old, but it still has so much potential. It's we, a nice uh, aperitif. Right? Yeah, right now, but I think in, in, in 10 or 15 years, it'll be, it'll be great with, uh, with, with lamb. It'll be great with venison. It just yeah. needs uh, time to, to age. We made 30,000 bottles of the 2008 and uh, 3,000 magnums. If you drink champagne from other producers, which one do you like? I mean, you mentioned uh, Boulanger, which I like very much, and uh, Paul Roger as well, I think is a really good uh, producer. Charles Heidsick, I, I worked at Charles Heidsick for 12 years. I'm quite uh, fond of uh, Charles Heidsick. I, I love uh, Bereche, I like Talon, I like Agrippa, I like Di Belvoir, I like Chartantaillé, 
uh, I like Ebrard. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's lots of really yeah. great producers. I mean, we're more than 5,000 uh, producers in Champagne, and there's there's a lot of wonderful mm. people. You like to try Champagne from growers, from big houses, totally but, uh, with great quality. Exactly, and, and you I you mentioned a lot mm. of my favorites as mm. well. Oh, great! Yeah. I, I I think that houses versus growers versus cooperatives is a really uh, stupid discussion. It comes back to what I said before. I think there's great producers uh, everywhere. Um, Louis Roderer is a, is a house, but I think they're making some of the best uh, wines in uh, Champagne. Louis Roderer, I think their Brut Non Vintage is absolutely fantastic. Uh, what they're doing uh, to get uh, people focused on viticulture, they're proving that you can farm uh, biodynamically. I mean, I think that uh, you've got great producers of all uh, types and uh, sizes in, in, in Champagne. When people come to Champagne, I think they should come for a few days and, and, and visit as many producers as possible. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. And uh, don't bring the car. <laughs> exactly. We'll be, we'll, we're very happy to pick you up uh, in Champagne. And uh, we're so close to uh, the airport that if you fly to uh, Chardegal, uh, you can be in Champagne uh, on the train in uh, an hour. I mean, it's yeah. very, very easy. And then it's very easy to uh, get a bike or uh, take a car or uh, get a driver or a taxi. I mean, it's a very small region. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we soon we have to end the podcast because you're going to uh, to Orlando. I am indeed. You're flying to where are you flying to? I'm flying home tonight. Oh, you're home. Okay. Exactly. So nice. dinner at home tonight. Are you longing for to get home? No, no, no. I could honestly, no. <laughs> I could. Say, I, I mean, uh, I, I've only been here for two days, but uh, I love uh, Sweden, and I could stay here again. But uh, as I said, I'm coming here now. Uh, you know, uh, about five, six times a year. So um, I know I'll be back in Sweden very soon, and uh, I hope to have the pleasure of. Uh, seeing you again and also uh, for your listeners um, please come and visit us in Champagne we'd be really happy to welcome you yeah. and uh, before we end uh, would you like to say tell the listeners why uh, they should try or and drink uh, our Lenoble I think that uh, we would welcome you to try Lenoble uh, if you're looking for uh, Champagne that is uh, above uh, all first and foremost a wine um, that's what I always try and get across, that we're trying to make great wine, not great champagne, great wine that just happens to come from champagne. Um, we focus on viticulture, we focus on sustainability, we focus on human rights. Um, we try and make the very best uh, wine we possibly can. Um, but ultimately, it's up to your listeners to judge for themselves. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, next time you come to Sweden, uh, you're welcome to come to my house and uh, have a dinner. And my kitchen is very good. And also the wine list is very affordable, <laughs> I'll say. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Martin. Cheers. Cheers. Så där, då var intervjun klar. Och eh, tyvärr egentligen så jag var tvungen att avbryta Christian några gånger. För han är ju otroligt, otroligt detaljerad när han berättar. Säkert många av er som lyssnar här, att ni hörde säkert en hel del svåra ord. Är det så att ni har någonting som ni inte förstod i podden så får ni jättegärna höra av er och mejla till mig eller skicka ett DM på Instagram så, så ska jag förklara. Och är det någonting som jag inte har koll på så kan jag skicka frågan vidare till antingen till Valid Wines eller till, till Christian då. Ja, som ni hörde, otroligt passionerad. Härlig person Dela med sig av sig själv Och det är en sån här Nästa gång han kommer till Sverige så hoppas jag att han kan komma hem Och, och käka middag hemma hos mig istället eh, För att gå ut på restaurang För det är mycket mycket trevligare Tycker jag Så att eh, gör så, håll ögonen öppna Prova, mina favoriter från eh, Arlen Nobel är 
tycker den mest prisvärda är deras Blonde Blanc Grand Cru eh, som jag tror kostar 399 kronor. Finns på Systembolagets beställningslista. Men även 08 är helt, helt fantastisk. Den är god att dricka nu och kommer bli ännu bättre med tiden. Det som jag vill säga mer innan vi avslutar det är att jag har börjat lägga upp eh, provningar på hemsidan som man kan köpa faktiskt som julklappar. Eller så kan man köpa dem till sig själv i julklapp. Och vi har då möjlighet att skicka hem presentkort på det här. De här provningarna är ganska exklusiva och det är väldigt begränsat antal platser. Så att jag skulle rekommendera er att vill ni gå så behöver ni verkligen boka så fort som möjligt. För att jag har en, en liten krets som alltid kommer på de här lite mer exklusiva provningarna. Så att tio personer... Fylls upp väldigt fort. Men jag kan säga att i då januari, februari, mars så kommer jag köra en slåssprovning med sju eller åtta olika slåsskampanjer. Kommer att ha en Comte Champagne-vertikal där vi provar årgångar från 94 till 07 med undantaget 95. Kommer att ha en Chetillon-vertikal från 00 fram till, till 11 med något hål däremellan också. Kommer ha en Bollanger RDVS Ané. Eh, och då kommer vi då prova 90-96-0204. Båda då Ané och RD. Kommer även ha en Grand Cru-provning. Så att kommer prova 15 olika Grand Cru-byar. Och eh, så, som sagt en producent, en druva, en by. Så att vi kan jämföra hur de olika byarna smakar. Vill ni vara med och hjälpa till och så att säga, sponsra oss indirekt så kan ni göra det genom att antingen så är ni med på våra provningar. Eller så går ni in på Instagram, följer oss, likar och gärna tagga oss när ni lägger upp bilder. För vi tycker att det är jätteroligt att se vad ni dricker för champagner. Det vi vill förmedla det är ju en glädje och kunskap kring champagne och framförallt. Att ge kunskap kring de champagnerna som finns att köpa på Systembolaget eller andra sidor just nu. Så att det är därför som ni inte ser så mycket recensioner av äldre flaskor helt enkelt. Håll även utkik på Systembolaget. Winston 08 har ju börjat rulla ut nu. Och de säger att det finns en hel del men köp på er för det finns galna personer ute. Jag hörde talas om någon som köpte 150 flaskor och... Det är ju en liten investering i alla fall. Men vi gör som vanligt. Vi fortsätter att dricka champagne alla dagar som slutar på G. Skål!
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 